Hare Krishna. This is a reading from the Srimad Bhagavatam with translations and purports by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. Second Canto, Chapter 2, Texts 16 through 21. Text 16. Thereafter, the yogi should merge his mind by his unalloyed intelligence into the living entity, and then merge the living entity into the super-self. And by doing this, the fully satisfied living entity becomes situated in the supreme stage of satisfaction, so that he ceases from all other activities. Report by Srila Prabhupada. The functions of the mind are thinking, feeling, and willing. When the mind is materialistic or absorbed in material contact, it acts for material advancement of knowledge, destructively ending in discovery of nuclear weapons. But when the mind acts under spiritual urge, it acts wonderfully for going back home back to Godhead, for a life of complete bliss and eternity. Therefore, the mind has to be manipulated by good and unalloyed intelligence. Perfect intelligence is to render service unto the Lord. One should be intelligent enough to understand that the living being is, in all circumstances, a servant of the circumstances. Every living being is serving the dictates of desire, anger, lust, illusion, insanity, and enviousness, all materially affected. But even while executing such dictations of different temperaments, he is perpetually unhappy. When one actually feels this and turns his intelligence to inquiring about it from the right sources, he gets information of the transcendental loving service of the Lord. Instead of serving materially for those above-mentioned different humors of the body, the living entity's intelligence then becomes freed from unhappy illusion of materialistic temperament, and thus, by unalloyed intelligence, the mind is brought into the service of the Lord. The Lord and His service are identical being on the absolute plane. Therefore, the unalloyed intelligence and the mind are merged into the Lord, and thus the living entity does not remain a seer himself, but becomes seen by the Lord, transcendentally. When the living entity is directly seen by the Lord, the Lord dictates to him to act according to his desire. And when the living entity follows him perfectly, the living entity ceases to discharge any other duty for his illusory satisfaction. In his pure, unalloyed state, 
the living being attains the stage of full bliss, labdo pashanti, and ceases all material hankerings. Text 17. In that transcendental stage of Labdo Pashanti, there is no supremacy of devastating time, which controls even the celestial demigods who are empowered to rule over mundane creatures, and what to speak of the demigods themselves. Nor is there the mode of material goodness, nor passion, nor ignorance, nor even the false ego, nor the material causal ocean, nor the material nature. Purport by Srila Prabhupada Devastating time, which controls even the celestial demigods by its manifestations of past, present, and future, does not act on the transcendental plane. The influence of time is exhibited by the symptoms of birth, death, old age, and disease. And these four principles of material conditions are present everywhere and any part of the material cosmos, up to the planet Brahmaloka, where the duration of life of the inhabitants appears to us to be fabulous. Insurmountable time even brings about the death of Brahma, so what to speak of the other demigods, like Indra, Chandra, Surya, Vayu, and Varuna? The astronomical influence dictated by the different demigods over the mundane creatures is also conspicuous by its absence. In material existence, the living entities are afraid of the satanic influence, but for a devotee on the transcendental plane, there is no such fear at all. The living entities change their material bodies in different shapes and forms under the influence of the different modes of material nature. But in the transcendental state, the devotee is guna tita, or above the material modes of goodness, passion, and ignorance. Thus the false ego of I am the Lord of all I survey does not arise there. In the material world, the false ego of the living being, trying to lord it over the material nature, is something like the moths falling into a blazing fire. The moth is captivated by the glaring beauty of the fire, and when he comes to enjoy it, the blazing fire consumes him. In the transcendental state, the living being is pure in his consciousness. And as such, he has no false ego to lord it over the material nature. Rather, his pure consciousness directs him to surrender unto the Supreme Lord, as stated in the Bhagavad Gita, 7.19. Vasudeva Sarvamiti, Sa Mahatma Sudurlabha. All this indicates that in the transcendental state, there is neither material creation nor the causal ocean for material nature. The above-mentioned state of affairs is factual on the transcendental plane, but is factually revealed in a transcendentalist's knowledge of the advanced state 
of pure consciousness. Such transcendentalists are of two types, namely the impersonalists and the devotees. For the impersonalist, the ultimate goal or destination is the Brahmajyoti of the spiritual sky. But for the devotees, the ultimate goal is the Vaikuntha planets. The devotees experience the above-mentioned state of affairs by attainment of spiritual forms for activity in the transcendental loving service of the Lord. But the impersonalist, because of his neglecting the association of the Lord, does not develop a spiritual body for spiritual activity, but remains a spiritual spark only, merged in the effulgent spiritual rays of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. The Lord is the full-fledged form of eternity, knowledge, and bliss. But the formless Brahmajyoti is simply eternity and knowledge. The Vaikuntha planets are also forms of eternity, bliss, and knowledge. And therefore the devotees of the Lord, who are admitted into the abode of the Lord, also get bodies of eternity, knowledge, and bliss. As such, there is no difference between one and another. The Lord's abode, name, fame, entourage, etc., are of the same transcendental quality. And how this transcendental quality differs from the material world is explained herewith in this verse. In the Bhagavad Gita, three principal subjects have been explained by Lord Krishna, namely, Karma Yoga, Jnana Yoga, and Bhakti Yoga. But one can reach the Vaikuntha planets by the practice of Bhakti Yoga only. The other two are incompetent in helping one reach the Vaikuntha Lokas, although they can, however, conveniently take one to the effulgent Brahmajyoti, as described above. Text 18. The transcendentalists desire to avoid everything godless, for they know that supreme situation in which everything is related with the Supreme Lord Vishnu. Therefore, a pure devotee who is in absolute harmony with the Lord does not create perplexities, but worships the lotus feet of the Lord at every moment, taking them into his heart. Purport by Srila Prabhupada. In the Bhagavad Gita, Mad Dham, my abode, is mentioned several times, and according to the version of the Supreme Personality of Godhead Sri Krishna, there exists the unlimited spiritual sky, wherein the planets are called Vaikuntas, or the abode of the Personality of Godhead. In that sky, which is far, far beyond the material sky and its sevenfold coverings, there is no need of the sun or the moon, nor is there necessity of electricity for illumination, because the planets are self-illuminating and more brilliant than the material suns. 
Pure devotees of the Lord are absolutely in harmony with the personality of Godhead. Or in other words, they always think of the Lord as their only dependable friend and well-wisher. They do not care for any mundane creature, up to the status of Brahma, the Lord of the universe. Only they can definitely have a clear vision of the Vaikuntha planets. Such pure devotees, being perfectly directed by the Supreme Lord, do not create any artificial perplexity in the matter of transcendental understanding by wasting time in discussing what is Brahman and what is not Brahman or Maya, nor do they falsely think of themselves as one with the Lord or argue that there is no existence of the Lord separately or that there is no God at all, or that the living beings are themselves God, or that when God incarnates himself, he assumes a material body. Nor do they concern themselves with many obscure speculative theories, which are in actuality so many stumbling blocks on the path of transcendental understanding. Apart from the class of impersonalists or non-devotees, there are also classes who pose themselves as devotees of the Lord, but at heart maintain the idea of salvation by becoming one with the impersonal Brahman. They wrongly manufacture their own way of devotional service by open debauchery and mislead others who are simpletons or debauchees like themselves. All these non-devotees and debauchees are according to Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur, Doratmas, or crooked souls, in the dress of Mahatmas, or great souls. Such non-devotees and debauchees are completely excluded from the list of transcendentalists by the presentation of this particular verse by Sukadev Goswami. So the Vaikuntha planets are factually the supreme residential places, called the Parampadam, the impersonal Brahmajyoti is also called the Parampadam due to its being the rays of the Vaikuntha planets, as the sun rays are the rays of the sun. In the Bhagavad Gita, 1427, it is clearly said that the impersonal Brahmajyoti rests on the person of the Lord, and because everything rests on the Brahmajyoti directly and indirectly, everything is generated from the Lord. Everything rests on him, and after annihilation, everything is merged in him only. Therefore, nothing is independent of him. A pure devotee of the Lord no longer wastes valuable time in discriminating the Brahman from non-Brahman, because he knows perfectly well that the Lord, Param-Brahman, by his Brahman energy, is interwoven in everything, and thus everything is looked upon by the devotee as the property of the Lord. The devotee tries to engage everything in his service and does not create perplexities by falsely lording it over the creation of the Lord. He is so faithful that he engages himself, as well as everything else, in the transcendental loving service of the Lord. In everything, the devotee sees the Lord, and he sees everything in the Lord. The specific disturbance created by a duratma, or a crooked soul, 
is due to his maintaining that the transcendental form of the Lord is something material. Text 19. By the strength of scientific knowledge, one should be well situated in absolute realization and thus be able to extinguish all material desires. One should then give up the material body by blocking the air hole through which stool is evacuated with the heel of one's foot and by lifting the life air from one place to another in the six primary places. Purport by Śrīla Prabhupāda There are many Dharatmas who claim to have realized themselves as Brahman and yet are unable to conquer material desires. In the Bhagavad Gita 1854, it is clearly explained that an absolutely self-realized soul becomes completely aloof from all material desires. Material desires are based on the false ego of the living being and are exhibited by his childish and useless activities to conquer the laws of material nature and by his desire to lord it over the resources of the five elements. With such a mentality, one is led to believe in the strength of material science with its discovery of atomic energy and space travel by mechanical vehicles and by such tiny advancements in material science, the false egoist tries to challenge even the strength of the Supreme Lord, who can finish all man's tiny endeavors in less than a second. The well-situated self, or Brahman-realized soul, perfectly understands that the Supreme Brahman, or the Personality of Godhead, is the all-powerful Vasudev, and that he, the self-realized living being, is a part and parcel of the Supreme Whole. As such, his constitutional position is to cooperate with him in all respects, in transcendental relation of the served and the servitor. Such a self-realized soul ceases to exhibit his useless activities of attempting to lord it over material nature. Being scientifically well-informed, he fully engages himself in faithful devotion to the Lord. The expert yogi, who has thoroughly practiced the control of the life air by the prescribed method of the yoga system, is advised to quit the body as follows. He should plug up the evacuating hole with the heel of the foot and then progressively move the life air on and on to six places. The navel, abdomen, heart, chest, palate, eyebrows, and cerebral pit. Controlling the life air by the prescribed yogic process is mechanical and the practice is more or less a physical endeavor for spiritual perfection. In olden days, such practice was very common for the transcendentalist, for the mode of life and character in those days were favorable. But in modern days, when the influence of Kali age is so disturbing 
Practically everyone is untrained in this art of bodily exercise. Concentration of the mind is more easily attained in these days by the chanting of the holy name of the Lord. The results are more effective than those derived from the inner exercise of the life air. Text 20. The meditative devotee should slowly push up the life air from the navel to the heart, from there to the chest, and from there to the root of the palate. He should search out the proper places with intelligence. Purport by Srila Prabhupada. There are six circles of movement of the life air, and the intelligent bhakti yogi should search out these places with intelligence and in a meditative mood. Among these, mentioned above, is the svadhisthana chakra, or the powerhouse of the life air. And above this, just below the abdomen and navel, is the manipuraka chakra. When upper space is further searched out in the heart, one reaches the anahata chakra. And further up, when the life air is placed at the roof of the palate, one reaches the vishuddhi chakra. Text 21. Thereafter, the bhakti yogi should push the life air up between the eyebrows, and then, blocking the seven outlets of life air, he should maintain his aim for going back home, back to Godhead. If he is completely free from all desires for material enjoyment, he should then reach the cerebral hole and give up his material connections, having gone to the Supreme. Purport by Srila Prabhupada. The process of giving up all material connections and returning home back to Godhead, the Supreme, is recommended herein. The condition is that one should be completely freed from desire for material enjoyment. There are different grades of material enjoyments in respect to the duration of life and sensual gratification. The highest plane of sensual enjoyment for the longest period of life is mentioned in the Bhagavad Gita 9.20. All are but material enjoyments, and one should be thoroughly convinced that he has no need of such a long duration of life, even the Brahmaloka planet. He must return home back to Godhead and must not be attracted by any amount of material facilities. In the Bhagavad Gita 2.59, it is said that this sort of material detachment is possible to attain when one is acquainted with the supreme association of life. 
param drishta nivartate. One cannot be freed from material attraction unless he has complete understanding of the nature of spiritual life. The propaganda by a certain class of impersonalists that spiritual life is void of all varieties is dangerous propaganda to mislead the living beings into becoming more and more attracted by material enjoyments. As such, persons with a poor fund of knowledge cannot have any connection with the param, or the supreme. They try to stick to varieties of material enjoyments, although they may flatter themselves as being Brahman-realized souls. Such less intelligent persons cannot have any conception of the param, as mentioned in this verse, and therefore they cannot reach the supreme. The devotees have knowledge of the spiritual world, the personality of Godhead, and his transcendental association in unlimited spiritual planets, called Vaikuntha Lokas. Herein, Akuntha Dristihi is mentioned. Akuntha and Vaikuntha convey the same import, and only one who has his aim fixed on the spiritual world and personal association with Godhead can give up his material connections, even while living in the material world. This param, or the param dhamma, mentioned in several places in the Bhagavad Gita, are one and the same thing. One who goes to the param dhamma does not return to this material world. This freedom is not possible even by reaching the topmost loka of the material world. The life air passes through seven openings, namely two eyes, two nostrils, two ears, and one mouth. Generally, it passes through the mouth at the time of an ordinary man's death. But the yogi, as above mentioned, who controls the life air in his own way, generally releases the life air by puncturing the cerebral hole in the head. The yogi therefore blocks up all the above-mentioned seven openings so that the life air will naturally burst forth through the cerebral hole. This is the sure sign of a great devotee's leaving the material connection. <laughs>